You're listening to episode 24 of G.I. Joburg, the Nets only fan cast podcasting from Sunny South, South Africa. <laughs> about G.I. <laughs> Joe collecting an all related fan, blah, blah, fucking blah. <laughs> we bought a whole bunch of cool new shit. We'll tell you about it in episode 26. Today we're going to sit back and watch G.I. Joe the movie, and not the movie by Stephen Summers or the one by John Chu, but the original animated feature from 1986. 87. 87. Well, it was released in 87. The thing about this episode that uh, we've been wanting to do for some time, it's not the most original idea. I actually copped it off of a podcast that I am a fan of called Friends in Your Head, where basically we watch the DVD and offer essentially audio commentary on it so you can listen to this podcast in one of two ways you can listen to it conventionally just us offering our musings about gi joe the movie or you can sync yourselves up with us and watch it as we do using us as your audio commentary interactive 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 so what you want to do ladies and gentlemen out there in the ether is Cue your DVD copy of G.I. Joe the movie up to the point where the Sunbow and Marvel Productions logo has just faded out. And what you are seeing is a star field, which is the beginning of the intro sequence of G.I. Joe the movie. And when I count you in, you hit play. So are you ready? Do you have your remote in hand? I do. We're about to get into this. 1987's G.I. Joe, the movie, as reviewed by Paul, Rob, and Steve. Unpause in three, two, one, play. And, ah, here we go. Love this. This is my favorite part in the whole movie. Arguably most fans' favorite part about any G.I. Joe animation ever. This sequence is a masterpiece. It's probably the only good thing about the entire film, in my opinion. Well, it sets a pretty high bar in terms of the, I suppose, production values. But here yeah, we I mean, see... Yeah, look at those balloons. It's beautiful. This animation. Oh. Animated in Japan. And that, the one toy we need. Oh, yeah. The Cobra Air <laughs> Cobra. Cobra! So this <laughs> offers the promise of a really epic G.I. Joe film. You know, Cobra is doing an all-out attack on New York. And not only New York, but the most iconic uh, item in New York, arguably, you know, Liberty Island. Oh, geez, Crimson God Boom. punched that, that was reporter. So cool. just broke the fourth wall. Ah. Duke's angry. I got my jump. How I'm is that angry. breaking the fourth wall? What, the Crimson Guardsman punching up the camera? Yeah, because that's... Camera, yeah. And then we see the camera being blown up. And it's like, we've just been punched. <laughs> and then we've got a whole bunch of, like, nameless faces. Joe's flying jumps everywhere. And there's, there's, ho- there's Skyhawks. I'm and... not entirely sure they're nameless faces, Joe's. I think if you stopped it... <laughs> they're all grunt. Pretty much pick up everyone. This is Rich. Cobra Commander is tasked with delivering... The payload. I mean, you're not going to get some lowly viper to do it. No, you're going to make K- Cobra Commander dodge the red lasers. <laughs> and thus make it. He an has ex- to do it. Well, yeah. you know, no one ever gets hit in any G.I. Joe animation. I love and how those vipers are just chilling on the statue. It's brilliant. And there's some of the coolest Snake Eyes footage ever. And there's Alpine. And the only cool footage in the entire movie you'll see of him? Pretty Sadly, early. yeah. I mean, Snake Eyes is 
forever under, underutilized. And, and Alpine actually being badass for the one of the few times in the entire Sunbar run. Yeah, he's, he's pretty bad, strong. Like, he had a Spider-Man kind of routine going on there. Also, fun fact, uh, you don't often see Cobra Vipers in the TV series. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see them heavily utilized in this intro sequence. <laughs> Thank you, foolish shit. You see plenty of vipers. What are you talking you about? You don't see lots of vipers. You see lots of cobra troopers. You don't see lots of cobra vipers. It's interesting to me that this sequence uses both of the standard cobra troops. You know, the guys bailing out of the, the cobra airship were blue shirts. And then all the dudes mm. kind of sniping from Lady Liberty were vipers. And here's a classic anime style explosion. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Kind of reminds me of the intro sequence to Bionic 6. Yeah, and very this much. this Ang Lee shit, wow. The, the split <laughs> screen. Well, it's interesting. I like it. It's beautiful. That's where, like, 24 got the idea from, I reckon. You know, they watched this and they're like, yeah. cool. Interesting, though, with cel-shaded animation, or, yeah, traditional animation, you don't get that smoothness of motion. I mean, everything is individually rendered, frame by frame. It's, I suppose short, mm. shortcuts need to be made. And there we have the there <laughs> circle we have, of life. Yep, I was about to say the circle of life. Uh, the 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 mighty predators eat the the smaller predators and the whole. The relevance thing. is lost on me, but it's it was a pretty sweet opening anyway. It's just to show that cobra are badass, and right. and that there is the impending sort of you know, like arrival or something that's going to be even more frightening than Cobra themselves. And here we have... <laughs> frightening, more like ridiculous. I like Cobra Law. I do. Ugh. Well, here we have the Terradrome on ostensibly Cobra Island. The Super Terradrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gigantic. The toy is not this big. I wish the toy was this big. It's this big if you use Micro Machine figures. Mm. <laughs> They didn't make G.I. Joe micro-machine figures, though, did they? There was a collection of, um, I think they call it the micro-collection, mm. like scaled-down micro-machine-like vehicles and... Um, and the playset, actually. And well. figures that were sort of pre-posed and attached to bases. Okay, so if we're cutting to the inside of a sort of, a sort of Cobra hierarchical meeting where Serpenta was chewing them out about their countless losses to G.I. Joe. But it always strikes me as odd that the Cobra leadership is basically made up of the faced characters. I mean, you've got guys like the Dreadnoughts in there. I mean, I don't know what kind of leadership position Xandar has in the Cobra hierarchy, uh, much less Storm Shadow. Because they're unique characters, they seem to be privy to this meeting. I don't know. To be honest, a Cobra officer surely has a higher rank than Storm Shadow. That's Mm. just me. Anyway, we have a pretty sweet-looking Cobra Commander giving Serpentor hell, and I always kind of wished we had a Cobra Commander at that era with uh, a, a cape. black cloak. Yeah, yeah, he looks regal and cool, and giving Serpentor lip, which he should be, because Cobra is his thing. Who the hell is Serpentor anyway? Mm. A usurper. It wasn't fully exposed in the cartoons; done handled better in the comic books, mm. but. Cobra Commander tolerated Serpentor's rise to power because he didn't want a civil war in his hands. Yeah, in the cartoon, they shrug that off by um, Cobra Commander joins, uh, well, 
ask for his place back in Cobra because he can be the scapegoat for Serpento's failings. That's how he secures his position in Cobra. And I've recently watched... Oh, Destro. Love this. World-class buffoon! That's the best line. And I love this, like, you know, eyeball thing. (laughs) We are all going to gag up on you now. Once again, I don't know what Scrap Iron would have added to the debate, but he's just standing there looking tough. Cut to this brain. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually like Pythona. She's a very Why is cool she character. called Pythona, though? Um, they all have snake-esque names. No, that's not entirely true. Nemesis Enforcer and Globulus have no real snake relevance, but Pythona, I don't know. It's kind of feminine and snake-like, and wow, she looks like a frog. In that close-up. She still has a better way of getting through a fence than Roadblock does in Retaliation. <laughs> That's a very specific tool she had, though. I mean, like, did they breed that specifically to get through electric fences? No, maybe they, they throw those and they hit your nuts and your nipples at the same time and they electrocute you and <laughs> they just have a dual function. Pythona is arguably <laughs> one of the most visually stunning characters and certainly has one of the best action sequences in this entire film, and yet we do not have an action figure of her. Well, he's not in the classic run. No. I don't even think we have a modern uh, era figure of her. Quite an oversight. I love the scoring. Mm. It's more yeah. It's more clear in the film than it was in the animation, I find. Mm. I think its use in this sequence, this particular composition, is its finest moment. Look out for some English just now, um, if memory serves, coming up soon. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, it was a cool sequence as well. Um, Pythona, like, using her, like, long, acidy nails to get through that metal. But, um, you'll see it just now. She'll take out a Crimson Guard. Um, Perfect circle. Now, I was a kid when I watched this, and most of us were. I always used to think that Crimson Guards were, like, robots. (laughs) Okay? It was, like, (laughs) really crazy to me that they had faces, that they were people. Um, Another figure that I wish we had... Cobra, Cobra personnel yeah. in a more sort of, you know, hanging around the base kind of attire. Yeah, more sort of what's the humble look. <laughs> well, just faced Cobra troopers. But anyway. And here's I Cobra. love everyone now get, like, like says to Sam Pantle, no, stay! We must protect you! Oh. What do you love about that, Rob? It's like, he's like really going, oh, he wants to go and like get involved and they're like, shit, no, you you really need our help here. Well, the irony is there's Serpentus sitting down, like dutifully obeying his, his underlings, while Cobra Commander picks up a pistol and races out to do the dirty work. To be honest, but- in the two sequences that we've seen him in so far, he is the go-getter. I mean, he's the guy who planted the explosive on the Statue of Liberty, and he's the guy, you know, racing off to deal with the intruder. Cobra Command is the man. It's Serpento who's the coward, actually. Mm. Although, yeah, I mean, Cobra Command is just the smart tactician. I mean, he knows when to retreat, you know? It doesn't make him a coward. Well, no, I mean, he he decides to retreat later in order for Serpento to be captured or killed. You know, that wasn't cowardice, that was cunning. But in this regard, exactly. I mean, 
he's letting Pythona get through because he's hoping she's coming to assassinate. Um, Which is a pretty Sabin. bold move. Once again, I'm singing Cobra Kawana's praises. He was far more assertive in this film than he was in Retaliation, I'd say. Uh, something to note um, uh, with Serpentor. Serpentor in the original animation series, he lacks patience because they didn't get um, Sun Tzu's DNA to construct him. So he's a bit foolhardy. And really? They, yeah, Did they leave out Sun Tzu? Yeah, they, managed, they didn't manage to get Sun Tzu's DNA. Joe's managed to thwart him. But um, they replaced it with Sergeant Slaughter, who was uh, in the cartoon series regarded as the ultimate G.I. Joe and one of the ultimate warriors of his era. The ultimate boneheads. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Sun Tzu is the author of The Art of War. I think that was in sort of 442 BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, or AD, I don't know. I it love early. I love those snakes. I mean, it's it's a scepter. Okay, just pull one out, another <laughs> one like reloads. Oh, little money shots of Pythona there. Mm. Hottie. Oof. I mean, bald chicks are, yeah. Interesting. Smoking. <laughs> yeah. Well, the top knot. Yeah, she had some freaky appearance going on. That Fair. green pallor. This tattoos or whatever. Marks. Very bold character design. I think something that would probably come across is almost and too She's showing Serpento her clan. <laughs> 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 and there's a sure bet in it. <laughs> Poor. <laughs> I so, love this. <laughs> the the whole like I mean you see the, the Tibetan like Dudes chilling out there in the mountains. Awesome. Quick kicks actually wearing, you know, warm clothing. A triumph that the cartoon had, which the comic book has didn't mirror adequately, is showing Joe's in various different... Uh, Attire. Yeah, different mm. nuances to their, their classic looks. When you've got mainframe, he's got his bandolier, which he's got in his traditional look, but he's got a brown, you know, windbreaker or heavy weather jacket. Same thing with dial tone. He's got his classic uniform elephants, elements, elephants, elephants. but they're laid <laughs> over warm weather gear, cold weather gear. Um, something you also see in the animated series as well, actually. Um, yeah. Even Bazooka wears a warm jacket when he goes on a bit of a mountain climb with the uh, Alpine. I mean, I can distinctly remember, I think it's issue 21 of the comic book, you have Roadblock in the Sierra Mountains, in the snow, in his tank top. <laughs> that that kind of <laughs> stubborn, maybe it was Hasbro's insistence. But anyway, this uh, device just seems all kinds of dangerous. I'm sure all that... All that energy being beamed around can't be good for, you know, <laughs> it's exposed cobra. human beings. Oh, even the twins have, like... Bitching fur coat underneath their use. You love those figures. Uh. Okay, so here I, I take it back. Serpentor is is pretty bold himself. He's flying around in that extremely frail air chariot amidst all the laser blasts, right in the front lines. No problem. Dreadnoughts with uh, oh bikes over rough machine. terrain. It Great can, stuff. It can be done. I mean, it's done. It has been done earlier in the cartoon series as well, where they have modified bikes for for icy weather. What for deep snow? Uh, okay, know. I like the fact that the havoc. It's shown firing what rockets? Yeah, 
beautiful. <laughs> he was thinking it was like a laser gun. Laser I mean, gun, yeah. The toy has these kind of weird vents in the front of the 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 weapon. They're... But in the animation, they show it to be like a tube, like a, a gun barrel, which I dig. Also, the driver position is the, the, the top position. So not only do you control the weaponry, but you control the movement of the vehicle, and you're also the most exposed. I don't know, man. 1986's vehicles, I know this is your favorite year, Robbie, but wow. They left something to be desired in terms of user-friendliness. And a little too much uh, imaginative you know, direct control. I think the cartoon was just a heavy influence on the toys at that point. It was like, no one ever gets hit, so <laughs> we Make can have exposed driver stuff. positions. What fun. So that's what the, it's because like, everyone is such bad shots, that's why. I mean, but, look at all those lasers going everywhere. But check They're that out, okay. Any... Ah, but Snake they haven't just got two, two bullet holes, or laser holes, and the, the glass gets cracked, glass breaks, mm. which is... A strength of the animation, I must say, at also, this point. Also, um, last, uh, if you didn't get a chance to check him out, uh, it's the only appearance of Firefly in the whole movie. He just went down in the stun that Cobra oh. Command and Mindbender shared. There we go. Havoc getting blown the shit out of again. There is no glass protecting that thing. And they're sitting upright. They are not lying down. No, he is uh, lying down. Snow though. Job was lying down, bro. Oh, <laughs> You'll see it guys. in the later sequence. He is actually lying down. That's, I hate that. Well, it's at least accurate to the toy. Here we go. Whoa. Cue Star, <laughs> Star Wars sound effect. <laughs> you can even hear Darth Vader breathing at the end of that, I swear. <laughs> oh, man. You can, actually. It's brilliant. It's taken right out of his TIE fighter. And Serpento eating some snow. <laughs> Duke's going to fire up the BET. And... Which should be a pretty lethal weapon in and of itself. I mean, it's catching the stuns in the blast. Yeah. Just ramp up the power and make them overload. I mean, that's cartoon logic for you. But instead, we have a beautiful cameo by the pack rats. Oh, man. <sighs> Reason enough to collect those things. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've been scoping a few lately, and they have a bit of an appeal. To be honest, just the missile one. The rest are kind of... That line... Pokey. Yeah. Thomas is that what now? That's straight from Star Wars. <laughs> Did they? Oh no, no, that's not the one where they go. They're coming at us from behind. Look, friends, I don't think this, is. the script writers. <laughs> Harry Potts. They came from behind. It's fair um, to say that no one was uh, getting any prizes for originality when they wrote the screenplay. <laughs> All right. See, the thing is, that can kind of allude to a bit of an agenda. I mean, none of the Cobra hierarchy has any initiative. They, they're always looking to a command structure because they need somebody to blame for their, for their mistakes. <laughs> Serpentos. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Soft face. <laughs> As Serpento initially got zapped, I could have sworn he resembled Cornholio. <laughs> you know, Beavis' alter ego. But I suppose that's a, an animation shorthand for, like, I am wigging out. And I have to say that Baroness looks especially hot in the movie. I'm sorry. I think she's great. And she's drawn really well in this. Reminds me of an episode of the cartoon called Cobrathon, where she wears a black evening dress. And my goodness. Wow. Wow. Very wow. cool. Stayed with me for a while, that episode. 
I like the standard. He's going to get up soon. <laughs> the standard GI Joe and Cobra handgun. It's it is standardized. I think I saw, you know Cobra Commander had a similar mm. pistol. Flint is seen wielding one. Uh, it's it's a. No, I mean, no. I don't know where that design comes from. Oh, Dusty in the All Striker in the in snow. The snow. Okay. Wearing <laughs> wearing warm clothing, at least. And they did have snowcats at this time. I mean, I suppose it was two years out of date or out of production, so uh, it wasn't going to be featured. They, they wanted to cram the film with, uh, you know, stuns and havocs. But There's the old thrasher. Ironically, Cobra should have had their wolf at this stage as well. Hmm. Unless they it. left it out of the film. In favour of uh, more fan-familiar stuns and things. Yes. This yeah, was and just, the sender machine. Great. This was just on the heels of the end of the second season of G.I. Joe, which was a sort of 1986 mm. slew of toys. We can tell because Serena's here as well. Serena only comes into the second season. Are there any number of indicators that this is I mean, obviously, the second yeah. season? But being 1987 they had access to those toys. I mean, the Rawhides is a team completely made up of 97 toys, uh, 87 toys. 87 toys, yeah. Mm. Nice. They repaired all the glass on those Havocs. <laughs> I always wondered how this is supposed to fly. <laughs> I mean, does he use foot pedals? I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've, oh, got, you've got a vehicle that has lasers attached to it, but Roadblock will <laughs> have his Marduz which is incidentally a laser machine gun. Yeah. And <laughs> handles are in the wrong place too. <laughs> but it does eject bullet casings. I don't know. It's all kinds of strange. Laser casings. It wouldn't be so confusing. Ah, Snake Eyes has the pistol now. Yeah. It wouldn't be yeah, so confusing. And he's completely useless in the sequence. Yeah, oh, jeez, he gets so puned. Oh, there we go, sleep snake <laughs> Yeah, he knocked out once, and he'll get knocked out a second time in a couple of moments. Uh, mm, the Royal Guard. That's, that's got to hurt. They're very effective now. <laughs> but uh, Here it comes. Uh, sleep, <laughs> yeah, bitch slap, boom. I like the fact that Dusty's using his FAMAS. He's not using the generic G.I. Joe laser. They decided to give mm. him a signature weapon. I always thought it was like, a little confusing in the whole G.I. Joe cartoon run, because... In the Sambo cartoon, they refer to them as lasers. Let's use our lasers to shoot the snow and turn it into mist and all that kind of crap. But then then this movie comes along and they don't really regard them as lasers. They kind of treat them as, you know, bright red and blue you know, laser sort of trails for, like, machine gun shots in a way. It's strange. Mm. Um, also, in the opening sequence, uh, I think it's Duke. Duke or Hawk actually shoots, and there's bullet casings out of there. It's, it's probably I, like... I think they do that quite consistently in this film. So it's as if there was some disagreement in production. Yeah. You know, when they eventually put in the red and blue lasers, maybe they were intending them to be bullets. You know, this movie did suffer from being kidified or, or sort of having having its edge taken out. Mm. We all know that Duke was supposed to die, but after mm. after Optimus's death was, I don't know, regarded as a bit of a bad move in the Transformers movie, Duke's death was kind of retconned late on in production. I mean, essentially, they just changed it in a voiceover. He's going yeah. into a coma. 
And then the, the blizzard is suddenly stopped. Cobra <laughs> <laughs> Commander is rocking a stun. Fetch Cobra Commander. Assistant Forces file card reads that he was assembled out of a pile of dead things. It's looking pretty healthy to me. Huh. <laughs> but it just goes rocking to show. Those pink pants. <laughs> I mean, Cobra Law has. I mean, it, 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 it's not fully exposed in this film, but they must have some pretty incredible genetic engineering going on to create this ultimate fighting creature. That's genetic manipulation at its, at its peak. I mean, yeah, that's something about Cobra Law that is very cool. They're a very organic-based society, and that's part of their whole um, movement why they want to take over the world or why they want to destroy the world or recreate the world back in their own image because they feel that it's much better. Whoa. A Where did she get that? You don't want to know. My question. Or maybe you do want to know. <laughs> she pulled a gigantic pink thing. <laughs> Some conquest. Out from under her folds. There's Stalker. Yeah, a little bit of cameoing going on there. Which is a pity. You've got a cast of hundreds and not everyone can get a time to shine. But it's nice that they chose to insert them instead of just green shirts. I wanted to say, though, about your sort of praise for Cobra Law's sort of biological technology. Isn't it ironic that uh, the BET is... Oh, there's the laser pistol again. The BET is central to their plans. Yes. <laughs> the irony. The very thing that they loathe is the thing that they need. Mm. Lifeline with his medical box. <laughs> Yo, Joe, we have our guns in the air. Lifeline's got his case. <laughs> I'll save their lives hard. Because <laughs> everyone, gets, everyone gets so injured in this cartoon. I love this. Ooh, I love this scene. Training sequence. Goes. Out. <laughs> mean. Oh, so pretty. And I mean, we never got a, an unmasked Jinx, so this, her appearances in this cartoon are kind of, you couldn't really enact them. Yeah. The action figure, I suppose there are traces of femininity, but you don't get an attractive face sculpt. You've got this ice cream head. <laughs> Scooby. <laughs> I can, uh, I got a bit of, I wouldn't say trivia, but I got an opinion on when, uh, whenever they say yes, sir, to Beachhead. You know why they're always wrong Ooh. when he's like, "Don't call me." Is sir. that a nod to Breaker? Could be. I refer to the blowing of bubbles by, by Tunnel Rat. Sorry, you were saying Paul by Beachhead. Um, whenever he says, uh, whenever they they say yes, sir, to Beachhead, he's always like, "Don't call me, sir." You know, I remember sitting being quite perplexed by this, going, "Then what are we supposed to call you?" But if you watch the original Sambo TV series, you'll find you don't say "sir," you say "Yo, Joe." It's a, it's a bit of an odd one, but they use it two or three times in the original show, and it's it's quite cool actually. It's a it's a small little nod. It's I think it's something that either annoys people or they just like okay, he's a hard ass. But yeah, that's part of the. It's, I think it's part of the joke uh, in this, and you're supposed to be a fan to sort of. Well, when I say fan, you're supposed to be a fan of the Sumbo cartoon and hopefully know that, and I think it's a gimmick that they didn't quite manage to pull off too well. Well, there are a lot of things that are underexplained. For instance, why does Beachhead sort of warm to MP? 
as if MP is the only soldier with any credentials. Yeah. I mean, Tamara... He's the only real soldier out of the group. I mean, all these other guys look like jokes. Well, this guy's a sporting legend. I mean, he's the joke. Tunnel Rat's an army ranger. Yeah, Tunnel Rat's hardcore. Tunnel Rat's, I think, you know, he went to ranger school, which is the same qualification that Beachhead has. But, you know, the Rawhides are regarded as, as punks, and that's part of the journey. You know, in that sense, there's a better plot arc to G.I. Joe the movie than G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Let's face the facts. Duke yeah. is brought onto the team, you know, sort of kind of wanting to buy into it in Rise of Cobra, uh, and then winds up kind of doing better than anyone else. He scores higher in their tests. It's like he doesn't go from being the punk rookie to being the hero. He starts out as the best guy they've ever had. <laughs> what does that say about the G.I. Joes? At least here you've got a bunch of losers, actually. One of my favorite lines, uh, possibly my favorite line in this whole movie, um, is in this sequence. Uh, it's got to do with uh, Order getting the bomb. <laughs> um, I love how each like training sequence is basically tailored to their their skills. Tunnel Rat like, gets you don't Yeah, I was going to say that earlier as well. Tunnel Rat has nothing to do with tunnels. It's just... Yeah. That's just his name. <laughs> you know, he's an EOD specialist. He's a bomb... He's an explosive specialist. This should be uh, his sequence. This no, should be his sequence. Tunnel Rat, it's kind of in the name. Anyway, I mean, a, a Tunnel Rat was a name given to the guys who would ferret out um, VC tunnels in... in yeah, of course. Uh, ...and underground bunkers in the Vietnam War. And here's that line. It's coming soon. <sighs> now, Beachhead has a problem with MP using... Oh, and with Law using order for this um, for this test. But that's kind of what Law does. He's a dog handler. So it's as if you're telling Tripwire to look for mines but not bring his mine detector. <laughs> it's like, this is how Law operates. And here it is. He goes and he, that whole line where he says, you know, I, he finds the bomb, I drive the car. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work. Uh, I love that line. I think it's so good. <laughs> Law's like a hippie and Chuckles is a mute. It's, uh, it's, it's very characteristic, but <laughs> it's not their character. It's like uh, Chuckles has, yeah, I, I think you couldn't really explain to kids that Chuckles is a spy. Oh, <laughs> this is awful. He's oh. like the strong man. What it's, are they basing that on? Laughable. You Oof. just it's as if you need to paint these character archetypes. Yeah. And since you've already got a strong guy who speaks in rhyme, let's have a strong guy who's like strong silent type. The keenest eye is that which looks inwards. Something about being in a Hawaiian shirt, I guess. Paints you as I a will never guy. wear my mask. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just to tantalize us once more, to have an unmasked jinx, <laughs> and, and never get one. It's as if, uh, you know, Beachhead takes his mask off, but he doesn't. So, does she Still always fight with her eyes closed? Is that her thing? She has a She's technique. useless. She, well, oh. let's put it this way. They're trying to get further in on that um, Arashikage seeing uh, ear um, or the ear that sees 
um, and her being like sort of a direct descendant um, of the Rashikage line, or the actually it's like uh, the next or inheritor after Stormshadow, she's supposed to have that. So you think the writers on this were paying cognizance to the comic book series? I think a, a little bit because Jinx kind of like comes out of nowhere. She's not even in the main series, in the main cartoon series. She she pops out of nowhere. She's a ninja, and what I mean is. Their cognizance of the air that sees. Yeah, I think... Which is a comic book concept. I think they, out of the few things that they cherry-picked from the comic, that was definitely one of them. I think they cherry-picked. I think they took stuff that they thought would be really cool and, and bizarre. And that is one of those things. Yeah, it is kind of erroneous to my mind. I don't think Jinx was ever showcased in the comic book Fighting the Blindfold. No, she wasn't. It wasn't her thing. No. Anyway, an interesting concept. But it, but it's strange how it's become such a strong part of the character. Um, uh, even it's even reflected in the new movie in the, in Retaliation, um, as part of her training, or as part of the training exercise, which you will see when you watch the extended cut as well. Falcon's confidence is remarkable, but I mean it's couched in the fact that, just like in Last Action Hero, those lasers could never hurt a single soul. Mm. He's not a good guy. <laughs> nice attention to his um, patch on his arm there, Special Forces. Yeah, his color scheme is very good. It's as complex as his figure is. <laughs> what kind of film is that? It's like, like the inside of a stiffy disc. It's microfilm. <laughs> it's like one of those things you have as a kid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You put it up to the v- light, you can look at it. You find that. And here's Jinx just like waltzing in on this place because she hears a commotion. Woman's clearly drawn to drama. Now, we all we all have an idea of who that is, right? While she is wearing a wig, um, she hasn't done anything to disguise her face. But yeah. only only mainframe would pick up on that in the cartoon. Because uh, she manages to get quite, uh, past quite a few of them with just her face. You know? Nice Corvette. Mm. Toodaloo! <laughs> with her personalized number plate, Heather. Heather. Okay, so these guys are supposed to be half-brothers. Mm. Blue eyes. All the heroes have blue eyes, buddy. I know. It's been cute. A typical fight between, you know, airborne and... Now, do we get a little bit of cartoon nudity at this point? I mean, whoop-de-whoop. Okay, bathing costume. Where? Okay. Giving the kitties a little something extra. Maybe originally she was supposed to be naked. (laughs) Love Thrasher. But his accent is all over the place. I thought he's from Brazil. Camera, but he didn't get the film in my earrings. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> I don't know. The accents are all over the place. But the the dreadnoks are kind of a pseudo, I don't know, Cockney. Though it's kind of an American voice actor in the eighties, best Cockney. It's strange it's because pretty far off, actually. I I know them as Australian, like they're Australians for the most part, mm. uh, with Buzzard being British. In the cartoon, they're British. They're regarded as British. Um, and they, they say this because they hang out in England. <laughs> they're British. <laughs> they're well, all they're just, 
I suppose it was just, let's find an exotic sound to make the, the dreadnought seem uniform. Did Gung Ho just cock his laser? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> and I love that Alpine just always has rope with him. He's just always ready with the rope. <laughs> that's his thing, man. Also, ironically, it's probably the three most unqualified guys they could have chosen for that specific role. Um, none of them have technical expertise that they can fix up stuff, except for Gung Ho, who magically has technical expertise in the Sumbo series, um, fixing computers and things. But they're just on guard duty, but... But that's the whole thing. Like, I mean, anything could go wrong, so they don't have any kind of support staff there. You know, I mean... And, of and, course, technical expertise. Jinx was just fixing a vehicle. A havoc, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I don't mind. Well, I'm quite fond of the sequence. The yes. narration over the action. I love There are some great ideas in this film, I must say. Let's say our mythical intruders did get past the penoplastic shield. <laughs> you know, it's a cool well. sequence, yeah. And they all have their gimmicks. Hell, even the Dreadnoughts try their individual... Um, I suppose, specialty weapons. But all it takes is Nemesis Enforcer in the end. That's a lot of, like, explosives. In a very confined space. Take out three of our best guys. (laughs) Bazooka, you know? Gung-ho, yeah. Alpine, eh. Bazooka, no. Bazooka's... I don't know how the circuit's been cut. Once again, these MacGuffin these and lasers and are ejecting shell casings. And once again, it's Gung Ho repairing it, like he's done in the Sumbo series before, and he's also proven he has got no technical skill whatsoever. There's no mainframe or. or you don't have tone. to have the nerd squad to fix a line, you know, cut wire. And they're Joes, of course they have technical skill. They're, you know, yeah, of course, the ultimate soldiers. I mean, there's Bazook using his uh, special fist-to-his-face technique. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoopsie. Whoops. So the explosions didn't trip the alarm, none of that tripped the alarm. They needed to press a button to trip the alarm. Hmm. Actually, they didn't even push the button. He just had to rewire it. So even with all of that... Fancy ass security equipment. Check them jumping out of the windows. How cool. (laughs) And then the one guy just stands in the window. He's like, I'm not jumping. (laughs) Recorder's like, fuck this. I'm not a a window guy. And there we go. Oh, there goes crazy legs and lift tickets. Is that that lift ticket? It looks a bit like crazy legs. Sorry, because of the red and the sort of canvas he put. Don't worry. He's he's right as rain in the next few days. Hey, I love Lolite's voice in this movie. Somewhat underutilized, but yeah. Wish, yeah, they should have featured him more. Uh, he got a lot of the limelight, or oh, I wouldn't say a lot, but certainly enough limelight in the 1986 season two of the cartoon. Him being one of the kind of headliners. For a, for a small while, anyway. Yeah, him in wetsuits and leatherneck and... Mainframe, dial tone, beachhead. Now we got guys that look very much like um, the dudes from Macross. How do these things fly? 
Yeah, I don't know. They have <laughs> no aerodynamic quality whatsoever. Even I mean, they don't even have sort of like bug wings to sort of hover well, with. Well, it's the, it, it's like a huge like airship basically. I mean, they're you know, living it's a, air. They live in a like Geiger this, painting. <laughs> I buy that. Like those things in Gears of War that the the enemy things that fly. Even the air force is ugly. <laughs> I love that roadblock. Uh, you tool. <laughs> I think it's a great line. I, no, I love it. Ah, enter Globulus. This is pretty cool. Oh, that sound. I love it. it that's something that, as South Africans, we're quite familiar with. There are a lot of crabs inside that thing. Yeah, it's the great tick carpet. <laughs> oh, my God. What are they coming out of? <laughs> <laughs> so? Uh, gross. Well, there's something, you know... <laughs> Yeah, very biological about Cobra Law's uh, design um, nuances, shall we say. It's something very adult sometimes as well. Mm. Globulus is a tool. <laughs> He's waving his arms a lot. I like that about him. I remember being specifically quite creeped out by him. And for some reason, I seem to remember in the GoBots feature film, feature length animation and mm-hmm. challenge the GoBots there being a human character with one eye as well he was sort of key to the whole plot I don't remember the film well enough I only saw it when I was very young but he reminded me a lot of Golobis this is well tied into the TV series I think um, when Mindbender's like no but Pentor is a product of my genetic you know brilliance and then mm-hmm. Destro kind of says you know don't you Jeez, think all the citizens is- of Cobra Life squints yeah, it's like, don't you think that this is even, like, beyond your capacity? And then he basically tells him, like, yeah, we use, like, a psychic onimeter. Like, we basically put an insect in your brain to give you these, like, feverish nightmares so that you can um, concoct this it's vision. It's very creative, but, I mean, a retcon nonetheless. No, it's a total retcon, Look, but it's not too bad. I mean, and I enjoy it. I mean, you know, people view Cobra Law as a bit of a blight on G.I. Joe. But within the, the ambit of this film, it makes for an entertaining new threat. Mm. You know, it ups the stakes a bit. If we just watched a movie with G.I. Joe vs. Cobra, it'd be a long episode of the cartoon. They're going to shoot Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a preliminary herring. Okay, so who are the other guys on this judgment panel? From the cartoon... Um, I'd imagine one of them, or definitely one of them is the, that Admiral, um, not Killhall. Cartwright? I know, I'm trying to remember his name, he's Admiral something, um, damn, uh, Colonel Sharp, something like that? I think it's Colonel Sharp or Admiral Sharp? Mm, he's in charge of the flag, not yeah. Killhall, yeah, no, I, I know who you're talking about. And, yeah, one of them looks like Hector Ramirez. Thank <laughs> 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 you, <Practic> questions. <laughs> That guy. Why is... And Wild Bill. And Wild Bill, clearly. Who, incidentally, is not very highly ranked, considering his position. But maybe within the cartoon command structure, he's got some strings to pull. Well, the big boys... Why is rock and roll in his original outfit? Because by this stage, the 1989 version had not been released. And that's his dress suit. Uh, Um, the hierarchy in the Sunbow series is Hawk, Beachhead, Flint, and Duke. Oh, and Beachhead, Sergeant Slaughter. Beachhead? Oh, come no, on. Beachhead goes Hawk, 
Duke, Flint, Beach. Yeah, okay, obviously not in that order, but I mean, that's that's the hierarchy, that's the leadership structure for um, the G.I. Joe cartoon. That's like them, those are the big boys. Those are the guys that, like, they have rank. <laughs> Slaughterhouse. And he's like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to look scared anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Another thing that totally creeped me out. You yeah, know, that, I, I must say, between this and its contemporary, Transformers the movie, Transformers was scarier, but this stayed with me a lot longer. Cobra Commander's judgment and, you know, ultimate uh, penalty at the end creeped me out, man. As a child, it was hard to watch. I love um, how creepy this was, actually, as a kid. Um, I played a lot of uh, 2D shooters, games like R-Type and stuff, and a lot of that sort of came into, or a lot of that sort of look and feel is in here. Um, and this very Giga... I mean, I already had some of the alien toys by the time I'd seen this movie. So it wasn't all too unfamiliar to me, but I loved it. I loved how creepy it was. I always found Transformers to be a little bit, without really knowing it then, but to be a little bit psychedelic, actually. Mm, but I love that movie. <laughs> the tunnel sequence in the beginning. This um, is also quite well handled. And I lo- Yeah. The origin of Cobra Law. If you ask me, some of them didn't evolve. <laughs> well, they have to explain all of this. It's kind of like, where did Cobra Law come from? I mean, Why you know, it was they... never featured ever before. So they have to kind of like, in many different ways, tie it into the whole idea of G.I. Joe. Like, we were always here, and, you know, like... It takes on like an animated documentary style. Mm. I mean, that whole sequence yeah. of prehistoric Earth and slaying a woolly mammoth. yeah. Yeah. Lots of lines in the drawing, very, you know, uh, here we go. This is what Cobra Commander apparently looked like. What a stud. I'm sorry, that's a, that's a cool Cobra Commander. <laughs> very I would buy that surfer. toy. Yeah, I would too. I mean, he's buff, he's got like 10 eyes. <laughs> I have to say What this... a beautiful transformation. I'm sorry, this film makes me love Cobra Commander more and more and more. Totally. He went forward, embraced the technology, <laughs> on the, his... mastered it, <laughs> created this organization. I'd say he triumphed, actually. Fuck you, Galobulus. Um, actually, that's what this film's... Uh, Cobra Law's look and feel seriously evokes a strong Dune feel. It's got a very Dune-esque quality. It's very <laughs> David Lynch Dune. <laughs> a little bit moister. Yeah, a lot more moist. Mm-hmm. We're back in your shell. Speaking of the clam. Gigantic phallus. A lot of them. Somebody had said. But I was, like Ernest little... gets excited when they launch. Oh look at them, they're strong. They are beautiful. Something to that I love seeing exploding phallus. Jeez. Check those cold gear cover vipers, those are pretty cool. They're furry j- jackets. They've passed, unfortunately. So, well drawn, actually. Okay, so this is their big plan. This is, like, what they want to do. Yeah, because using a rock band and 
manipulating people's brainwaves didn't work or controlling animals didn't mm. quite get them what they wanted. Pyramids of darkness, mass devices, and where the dominators didn't get their way, so... It would be a bit too, spe- too sophisticated for this film to explore, but I think the majority of the Cobra agent's response to the entire world being turned into mindless beasts wouldn't be favorable. I don't know if the predominantly human, you know, Cobra uh, army yeah. would be okay with that. Well, I mean... What's the point of ruling a world when your subjects are mindless beasts? Oh, exactly that. Yeah, and there's no... There's nothing to... Yeah, enjoy. There's no entertainment. Like, why rule the world, then? I got my armored red lobster. Cobra wants to take over, you know, the, the Earth, essentially. <laughs> but, you know, it becomes a hollow victory when there are no subjects for your dominion. Yeah, I mean, this concept frightened me as a child, actually. This whole spore thing, waking up as a clan or something. <laughs> Well, very expertly handled by, is it Chris Latta? Yes. I mean, terrifying. The guy's performance is really, really, really Shit, he's creepy. He's, he was definitely like the right voice guy for Cobra Kumon. Mm. Oh, bizarre. He looks kind of buff. I mean, you know. <laughs> they kind of helped him out. Ultimately, he turns into a snake, so he loses the use of those limbs. But, like, you know, initially, when he transforms, he becomes this ripped reptile man. <laughs> like, tears his clothing, he gets so big. I'm surprised he doesn't try and escape then. Oh, man, he just got big and got limp all at once. <laughs> Was a man. <laughs> Stay off the roids, Cobra Commander. This is such a cool scene. <laughs> because it involves yeah, a tomahawk? Hey, eagle hawk. Totally. Tomahawk. <laughs> I'm not... All pilots are from Texas. <laughs> and voiced by the same artist who did Duke, whose name escapes me, but I... Also, lift tickets sitting in the Peter Pilot seat. It's quite cool. We. Lift <laughs> 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 tickets the man. Dig him. Which is right where you belong. <laughs> And, as I say, he recovered quite well from his LCV fall. I mean, he got blown the shit out of. But he's A-OK. It's quite tragic, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he is a Green Beret as well. I mean, it counts for something. Definitely. Yeah, go John Johnson. Mm. Oh, crotch shot on Mercer. The beginning of the hero's quest. He must now prove himself. I love Mercer. I think he's such a cool character. I love when he spits on the scorpion. <laughs> there we actually had a Colt 45. I wonder what motivated the, real the choice. Gun. Yeah, what motivated the choice to model it after a real gun? I suppose the fact that it didn't have to emit a laser blast. It didn't have to animate a real gun, you know, just like <coughs> Roadblocks Browning. Rather strangely firing a laser. Nice mid-air recovery, Taurus. Oh, he's a circus acrobat after all. No, exactly. Eddie's disease. Love that. (laughs) 
G.I. Joe. I mean, if Falcon, knew, <laughs> if Falcon knew anything, he should know who Sergeant Slaughter is. Doesn't he watch wrestling every yeah. Saturday morning? Huh. <laughs> well, hang on, well, Friday evening. <laughs> I'm thinking of the States. We used to watch it on Saturday mornings. And itty, ditty, bitty, bad. I love Sergeant Slaughter. Thanks, Paul. Your contribution to this podcast is to uh, give us the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> okay, this is terrific. I mean, if you do have the copy, the DVD uh, playing at the moment, turn up the volume and listen to the, the various sounds that these guys make. I love that scorpion. <laughs> Red dog. Red dog. Complete maniac. I mean... <laughs> These guys are insane. She's <laughs> getting more deranged. Sadly, I mean, as figures, they just weren't exciting enough. But this is something. I dig them. <laughs> Thanks, Mercer. <laughs> I dig the modern era figures, though, I have to admit. I think they're very cool. I thought Red Dog um, was an especially cool toy. Missed uh, opportunity to use Rams. They use these sort of generic bikes. You know, they feature Slaughter with his, his triple, triple T. Triple T. But they could have worked in a G.I. Joe vehicle, but they didn't. Whoa, where'd he get that? <laughs> obviously I thought go, he lost his hat. He didn't go tumbling over the edge. Um, my introduction to Sergeant Slaughter was through the Warthog. I didn't know who the hell he was. I didn't even know he was a wrestler. Um, and he always had the, um, the sort of acclaim. Um, in this movie as being the only guy who is really a real guy. You know, if you look in the credits, like, there's no actual names and likenesses and all this stuff. And But Sergeant Slaughter is Sergeant Slaughter, you know? So that that was pretty cool. It was always like, David and I had that, like, sort of nailed down. Oh, that's right. Why didn't you just break the bars, Roadblock? Just, you know? Yeah, interesting. Boom. If you could break off that sort of tusk, why couldn't he do a number on the the gate? How nasty is that, though? I mean, those poor dudes. You get, like, kicked over in the munchy, munch-munch area. Yep, it seems like the plant life of Cobra Law doesn't discriminate. It eats its own kind. There's some innocent Cobra Law citizens. Run, run! Who all look the same. Oh, man. I, I suspect communism. I suspect interbreeding. Whoa! Pickick lost his cold gear outfit. Yeah, he must have been getting real hot in that cell of his. Hmm. Wow, Quick Kick's feet were rather interesting animated. And there we go, Snake Eyes pulls out his sword. <laughs> they locked him they up. They left him with his sword. <laughs> nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, if this was uh, hentai, <laughs> that would have gotten really dirty with Lady J there. In many respects, it's like uh, they were evoking that. I don't know if it was in existence back in 1986, but sort of <laughs> Japan <laughs> erotic tombs. Well, I mean, this the whole thing of this film, it's very sci-fi and very anime-esque. I mean, all of this weird stuff, this 
I don't know. That's always been my problem with this film. It's very un-Joe. Well, the, it's uh, very cool on its own, but it's not G.I. Joe for me. Well, not to sound bad here, um, but the entire Sunbow animated series was, was actually animated offshore. It was animated in Japan um, mm. by Japanese animation directors and stuff um, who liaised with Marvel Sunbow in the States. It's only the the Deke series that was actually fully done on the Western side. So you can see the difference, actually. Um, Japan was definitely, they were definitely masters of animation, uh, especially when it came to the Saturday morning cartoon market. I mean, G.I. Joe is expertly animated, and I, for one, really love the animated feel to this series and to this movie, actually. Um, yeah, it's well animated. It's just that I don't... I don't buy any of this as being G.I. Joe. It's so unrealistic. All of it. Well, G.I. Joe is still very firmly couched as a, a sort of group of soldiers. They haven't really gone to the nth degree and 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 play them up to be astronauts, and at least not in this film. They're being very conventional soldiers, being forced to deal with a very far-out threat. Beautiful. Yes, I agree with what Stephen's saying there. Um, for me, they're probably the as military as they can get. It's I'm very. I understand your points a bit better, Rob. It's just that it's. I mean, the concept of Jojo. I mean, I don't mean Jojo the team. It's just this entire film is just so fantastical. It doesn't feel like what I've read in the comics. Mm. That's the the great. Um, that's the the biggest difference between the comic and the animated series. The animated series is is complete or com- borders completely on the fantastical. I mean, you have them fighting, you have them meeting aliens, you have them fighting giant microbes, um, and you have them meeting uh, Egyptian gods um, in the cartoon series, which is stuff that you well, never I... see them do in the comic book, obviously. Well, uh, then I suppose that's the big difference: is that I'm more of a comic book fan than than a cartoon fan. I suppose this isn't much of a of a leap of like, you know, of faith or of understanding. The irony is that throw for the cartoons. The irony is that the cartoon reached a far larger audience. Mm. So for many people, sure the toy is what we all have in common. But for most the cartoon, the cartoon is 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 what they were exposed to, what they the kind of where their G.I. Joe toys came to life for them. Mm. Little KP will get the lead out. KP it looks like a kitchen patrol. The renegades were killing some woody mammoths themselves. With I, gigantic <laughs> bones. I dig the renegades base. All the broken airplanes and stuff shelved together and put together. Yeah, man. Oh, very mad boobies. <laughs> a lot of boobs. Oh, that looks like fun. They sh- yeah, they have this so- great establishing shot of their base, but. You don't get to see much more of their base. I thought this was really cool. There's so right. many great concepts exposed in this cartoon. It would have been a great jumping-off point for a third season. Sadly, it wasn't to be on the cards. Yeah, I think this movie, unfortunately, killed um, a, a third Sumbo season. <laughs> yeah. So this meant- is all the training he should have gotten when he became a soldier, and they're just retraining him now. Clearly, Beachhead wasn't up to scratch. <laughs> he needed the slaughter. <laughs> it's great. 
It seemed to me like Falcon was being sincere when he said that they should leave their weapons behind. Yeah. Like it wasn't going to be a joke. He's being a <laughs> dick. Oh, great cameo for the mobile command center. Yeah, it's hidden. It's, like it's disguised. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's, it's a fixed installation, but it's got signature lines from the MCC, mm. which was released around about this time. Now, I must say, whenever I wanted to watch just a quick bite, <laughs> Slaughter looking like he's making a landing. Uh, well, he is. <laughs> but um, striking in a rather iconic pose. This is the sequence that I skip to whenever I want a little quick jolt of G.I. Joe animation action. Yeah, because this is very cool. I'm attacking this a pterodrome. great. Uh, Infiltrating I... Cobra pterodrome. Even big bad snakes. I no. mean, these guys are ostensibly the badasses that we wanted the rawhides to be, but they weren't. I mean, this is the yeah. These are the sort of like wet, the the wet team, the, the black ops guys. Hmm. I I love. I'd have gladly watched a film just based on these guys, to be honest. In fact, um, I really love that they cover their those devilfish. I mean, I assume uh, I'm going to call them devilfish, but hmm. I love that they cover them with tops. I think that's so cool. And female Stratovipers in the front line. Just want to put that out there. It's rather laughable that Serpentor is sort of giving this briefing to the Stratovipers that they will escort the BET um, away from G.I. Joe. You know, they'll sort of be the most honored soldiers in their hour of triumph. But to be perfectly honest... The Stratovipers have their asses saved by the Cobra Law Air Force. <laughs> you know? It's them that turn the tide of the battle. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I love that again. Some great special forces kind of, you know, maneuvers there. You know, it's it's a bit of a bit of an inversion. They normally do that um in the other way around. The world's like, most short sighted viper. Somebody he obviously would... didn't see his buddy getting dragged yeah. into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but I dig it, it's like you know, that's what they did. That's like a tactic as opposed to just like jumping in there going, yo, Joe. Once again, my favorite <laughs> animation co- uh, composition, this tune. It worked for Pythona. It'll work for the yeah. Renegades. That must get fucking irritating. I <laughs> 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 mean, words. Yeah. Yeah, televipers. They Mercer don't seems to have packed his signature gun anywhere. <laughs> it's not like he left it behind. So yeah. What a they're, cheater! They're all a bit crooked, those guys. But we love them for the re- for that exact reason. Love Cobra Deco. I mean, the the mic is a cobra. <laughs> hey, is that snake ah, armor? It's snake. kind of a snake, but it's got a transparent chest. Maybe it was a toy design that never, never got through. Saw the light of day. Yeah. They wanted to expand on the snake idea. Well, I mean, they've expanded on a lot of ideas. I mean, like the pterodrome is way bigger than it is normally. It's mm. nice that they're able to adapt things and still use them. In my mind, that should be the size of a pterodrome. Once again, I think that's that is definitely Red, red Dog's actual gun because it's firing a red laser beam. So yeah. Once again, what a dick! He did not leave his gun well, behind. It's like the only sucker well, was Falcon. And, and no, neither Slaughter. did Sergeant Slaughter. Or maybe it's just the fact that they're Joes that the laser beams have to be red. Oh, yeah. Sort of coded to your, your handprint. Yeah. 
to whoever uses it. So if you're Cobra, it's blue. If you're if you're a good guy, it's it's red. If you want to get that technical, I think it's just a visual cue thing. <laughs> no, but when the renegades were, you know, firing on those vipers using the viper weapons, they're firing blue. Oh wow, that actually that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll take that bet. <laughs> yeah, they're firing blue. Yeah. And then a bit of red, because once again, they, uh, they pack their own weapons anyway. Dicks. I'm not going to shoot you. I want to go mono a mono with you. Yeah, Roblox can take Boom. him out. Oh, shit. <laughs> See? He's lucky he didn't use the, the nipple wow. ball-grabbing electrocution eel. Worst shots ah. ever. And there's that awesome, like, um, wharf... Uh, jump and shoot thing. Great. <laughs> right. Star Trek First Contact. I Help think me, this might right? have predated Star Trek First Contact, buddy. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely does. Help, I'm a Serpentor and I can't get up. Oh, it's the famous let's have a conversation in the middle of a gunfight scene. Explosions. What the hell Out of here! Uh, I mean, they were like rockets shooting through the corridor. <laughs> I suppose the armory was blowing up and those rockets were just aimed in the right direction. Pushing off the devilfish, pretty cool. That devilfish had four missiles on its deck. They're like beside the driver, I mean the pilot. That is an awesome explosion. Mm, there we go. Devilfish have a slightly more rounded deck. I kind of wish the toy mirrored that. Like the top end of a kayak. And there's the oh. pterodrome backup plan. <laughs> it's like all the other Cobras got completely wiped out. So Pinto's pissed. <laughs> Thank goodness all the Strata Vibers are taken off by that point. So we hope. Because otherwise, who's flying the Air Force? And there we go. Claws and all kinds of madness abound. Screw the gate, we'll just blow it up. Who are these guys? Sort of private security? Yeah, I'd imagine these guys are civilians or... They're not green shirts. They're not Joes. Somehow Are those soldiers? I don't know. They all look like sort of mainframe clones. There's a Muller, some Havocs, RCV. And that piddly little oh, armadillo. Man. I hate the armadillo, I'm sorry. Okay, guys, we're going to see a little bit of a, an error here. Hawks piloting a conquest, right? Mm. When the Night Ravens attack... Oh, there's a droopy blade tomahawk that's quite accurate. <laughs> um, when the Night Ravens attack, watch him deflect the control column. He deflects it the wrong way for the maneuver, <laughs> for the maneuver that, he, that he pulls. And even the dog. There's like... always room for some animal comedy, especially when it's animated. You don't have to get the dog to play ball. Yeah. Oh, worst shots <laughs> ever. Must be very brave to be manning one of those things. Okay. Here we go. Watch very closely, everyone. When we have an oh, interior he shot. Flew into a wall. Hey, there's Covergirl. <laughs> oh, cool sound effects. <laughs> go sci fi. <laughs> like, as in, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Your green offends. I like sci-fi, but shame. Oh, oh my god, yep. Super strength time. As if we don't have enough strong people on the G.I. Joe team. It's like if Princess Leia had taken it 
you know, when, when she offers to, to get out and push the Millennium Falcon, it's as if, you know, Han Solo takes that literally. Yeah, get out. And, and I stuck on top. <laughs> I love how it rolls out. It's like wheels out, you know. <laughs> and they put an actual sort of 45 sound effect when he's firing off his pistol. But it fires a laser. Oh, Ooh. shot down by salad. Okay, that... That was a waste of time, guys. You could have just stayed at home. <laughs> yes, everyone will survive. Thank goodness we had this cushy building to land on. <laughs> like, cushioned our fall. It's so much softer than hitting the ground. I'm so glad Chuckle survived so he can pull the vines off. <laughs> He's like He-Man with more clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, drive and shoot, like a, fruit loose. That was like a one-seater ore striker. Yeah. Crankcase was occupying the whole middle. Was that crankcase? Wasn't that fruit loose? I don't know why people... Here we go. Oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the control Ooh. column is pushed, what? Down and to the left, and he rolls out to the right. Love this shot. Love the ravens in that mm. shot. It's actually Whoa. when I fell in love with the Raven is in this movie, so seeing them here for the first time. Jump out and of the being mall, completely uh, not used the way that they're intended. That's right. They're like fighter jets. Yes, shoot Shia oh, Lude. Oh, it. Mm-hmm. You've angered Shia Lude. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of this film for me was I was watching it at a time where I wasn't aware of any of these toys. I had catalogs for, like, the 1988 and 89 G.I. Joe collection. Same here. All of these vehicles were like, what is this stuff? And that's why I didn't even think the Night Raven existed. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, like... I wondered like... if it would make me watching this seem cooler or less cool if I was aware of the vehicles. You know, that's the thing. I, I mean, guess we'll never know. Well, think about it this way. I mean, the the Sky Raven, I mean, was, was in our catalogs, and I never put two and two together. No. I thought a G.I. Joe vehicle is a G.I. Joe vehicle. Of course, we never really saw what the dimensions of that thing the Night was. Raven really were. Well, mm. it's, why didn't they take the time to find the button that opens the dome? Because they wanted to show off exactly how incredibly strong Nemesis Enforcer is. Which makes <laughs> Some it... more. We've seen so many examples of it. Mm, and yet he's, he gets the shit kicked out of him by Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, well. We got some landing gear action. Something that the toy does. <laughs> something that the toy oh, doesn't do. Oh, something the toy does not do. <laughs> oh, oh. That's something that we wish the toy did do. I don't think yeah. Serpento... I don't think a, a, a classic Serpento would fit in a Raven. Mm, with his no. gear. No. Not with the cowl, no. God, there goes that stupid triple T thing. Uh, he packed a mortar. <laughs> a mortar. <laughs> I'm getting into the cockpit of a sophisticated stealth jet. Let me pack my mortar launcher. Oh, you never know, eh? Hey? <sighs> Classic showdown in a ring of fire. Oh, it's great. What a stud. He just walks through the flames. That's cool, oh. man. Pistol whip. <laughs> Oh, here it comes. Now they're dancing. 
It's your time to die, snake. <laughs> I shall make you erect and use you as a spear. It'll... Oh, wow. Okay, oh. so the snake goes into the left side of his chest, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Gotcha. Oh, and then he pulls it out. It's his know. heart. He's bleeding out. Yeah, he's hemorrhaging from his heart right now. He's going to die. He should be dead soon. So Pentor has them on the ropes, and then he runs away. It's a classic Cobra logic. And there comes that, we're going to win, so let's back off. We have been sitting there all like, <laughs> Ricardo is ready to shoot anybody. He's like, I'm going to shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your expert medical advice, Scarlett. In animated continuity. Oh! So the right-hand side now. Yeah, the wound is on the... Yes. Mm. And those are not ninja stars on Scarlet's gauntlets, but they are actual stars. <laughs> like... <laughs> cowboy, cowgirl stars. Yeah, it's like a design choice. It's not a weapon. Uh, what a shame. They really don't ever play up Scarlet's ninja creden- credentials. Ever. In mm. the two series. He's gone into a coma. Very cleverly, sort of, off-screen. We never see her lips move. <laughs> He's gone into a coma. Even if they're dead, I don't think we would, like, see her mouth. He's dead. Why are they they're so upset that he's in a coma? Sure, cowboys don't cry, huh? Generals do. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. That is the moment where the hero should die. You know, that's why everyone's upset. He's gone into a coma. That would be well, reflect- he's the and- reason that Falcon, you know, becomes a hero now. You know, it's part of his journey. Just, I don't know who Cobra's going to kid them now. My point is this. I mean, if Duke's going into a coma, they should be rushing him off to, you know, a hospital bed. Instead of, like, all sobbing. So, you know, the animation still reflects his death. The retcon is obvious. Seems like a rather um, elaborate way of telling the time. (laughs) The worm winds its way along this stick. It's amazing that the worm knows exactly how long it's going to take. It's like they tell the worm, okay, this is how long it's going to take. Ah. Conventional weapon. Yeah. Being cocked. He needs to cock something. <laughs> you have as an order. I think Don Johnson probably thought of this as a big laugh. You know, just punching the clock. And ironically, I mean, to be honest, to my mind, it's his most convincing role. What has he actually done <laughs> beyond Miami Vice? Ah. Well, he had his own TV series in like the 2000s, like the early 2000s, um, when he was a detective. Mm. And um, like, where was it? I can't even remember. Yeah, like a really hot daughter, I remember that much. <laughs> I'm sure you would. 
Oh wait, that's that thing where he drives that hardcore, that cool muscle car. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I have no idea <laughs> what it's called. Something my mother watches. Hey, Lifeline in Arctic. I can't be certain, but I <laughs> check the credits, guys. Um, is Roadblock and Lifeline voiced by the same voice actor? Could be. It's a bit of a <laughs> bad choice. Plans, man. Okay, so finally, Gio Joe have cottoned on to the fact that if they are going to ride around in the snow, let's use a snowcat. But then let's make the general stand in it, have no one drive it, and keep the canopy open. I mean, uh, there's a bizarre bit of logic going on here. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's on autopilots. Everyone else gets to run alongside. The peons. It's like we have one vehicle to spare for this entire sequence. Yeah, they took one snowcat. <laughs> I mean, do you think it was an animation shortcut? Oh, now he's driving it. Okay. Got to concentrate. Hands at ten and two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, just jump out the fucking oh. thing. Oh. Oh. Don't worry, the vines will save you. It's nice seeing Hawk getting into the action. Yeah, because, I mean, in his file card, he's... he's Toted as being on the front line. Now here's the bit that I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. Just look at him. He's trying to get away. <laughs> so these guys are the only hope for G.I. Joe. Yeah, because everybody else is on leave. <laughs> no, everybody else is strapped to a tree. No, but not, I mean, like, everybody else what else. What the hell? It's a flashlight with a bottle attached to it. It's like an airbrush flashlight. <laughs> what is Cobra Commander doing? <laughs> he's, in, he's got itchy snake nuts. He's scratching them on the snow. I can no longer masturbate with these oh, little hands. Oh, there we that go. That is so beautiful. A... Tom Hawk with a door. Yeah, T-Hawk with a door. It's so cool. If only. Oh, what a missed opportunity with the Eagle Hawk. They could have given us what we always wanted. He's crumping. <laughs> Cobra Kakrumper. <laughs> He's finally lost his stubby arms. And I Roadblock, he, he don't feel the cold. In fact, they all seem to have traded in their cold weather gear. For their yeah, now they're in their classic outfits. This is for the big climax. They have to be in the, the outfits <laughs> you know them by. Here's Tunnel Rat. You know, well known for tunnels. Mm -hmm. He spots the tunnel. <laughs> you want to wake up as a clam or something? It's like everyone needs their time to shine. This is quite cute. Oh, monkey prop again. <laughs> That's right. It's ironic because none of the dreadnoughts ever came with conventional weapons. Exactly. <laughs> they all had some colourful, weird thing. Weird like, thing. I don't know. It's quite the it's... jaws of life. What are those swamp fires, eh? Yep. Yeah, I know Zanzibar. Interesting. Well, you know. It's like the it's also a, a rather new addition at this point. It's like the only time you actually ever see a swamp fire in use is in this movie. Oh, well, it, not the only time, it's one of the few times. It's like, it's interesting that it got like such a strong cameo appearance in this movie. What's oh. your feelings on uh, everyone being able to fly anything? 
it doesn't bug me in the cartoon. It's kind of like a it's it's something that it's reflects playing basically. with toys. Yeah. It, All it, of them can fly everything. And it's reflected in the toys. I mean in playing with toys. I mean it's one of those situations of you know, you're a kid and you want to put your Joes in everything and the Joes can use everything. So they just took that into the cartoon. I don't agree with it. I like the idea of having specialists. Uh, generally, for me, I like to have specialists that can fly their vehicles. As a kid growing up, you weren't spoiled for choice. You didn't have exactly. an entire host of like dedicated jet pilots or dedicated helicopter pilots. If your favorite Joe was Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes could ride the fly sky striker. Yeah. Oh, there. Wetsuit just got <laughs> smashed in the face there, but you see him for like two seconds. For him with his afro. Ah, <laughs> oh, Flint and Lady J teamed up. That was pretty cool. Tunnel rats going ghetto <laughs> on that. Only on opportunity that... they had to show off their romance in this entire film. I uh, love that uh, tunnel rat going ghetto on that royal guard in the background. He's just punching the crap out of him. The royal guard who were completely effective at taking care of the Joes earlier on. <laughs> and there goes coming commander. <laughs> <laughs> Easily dispatched now. It's yeah. kind of like it's like there's no Timber or Polly, so. Oh, he's glowing. Oh my goodness! He's he has doing the some power. Like Emperor Palpatine action. Co- citizens <laughs> of Cobra Law, I have the power. This also creeped the shit out of me. Yes, oh that that goodness. spider thing specifically. The well, bridge. Oh. Oh. Yeah, this is cool though. Oh, is my gun shorted? Okay, I'm just gonna. Bam! Sleep. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like Lucky the it landed fact. in the same place. Check the way the animated um, thing is running is crazy. Um, versus running. <laughs> oh, Once again. What? Another tunnel. <laughs> it's his thing, man. Uh, that thing's happy. It ate a tunnel rat. And then it's like, oh wait, unhappy. Indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> Best laugh ever. <laughs> it's like his codename should be Reflux. I mean, <laughs> it's the classic Jonah and the whale story. If uh, Jonah had a laser, uh, there goes Chuckles. Chuckles is gonna get eaten for sure. <laughs> mm. um, some prime rib, some beef. So they're going to take that out of Tunnel Red big time. They're going to be like, yo, I remember when you got eaten by that thing that looked like a bum? <laughs> Still doesn't have a new laser rifle. No, no he's one just given one. No, he broke the other one. He, he picked up another one and decided to use it as a club rather. That's Ooh. more effective, it seems. Jinx is following suit. Now she's fixed her gun quick. And <laughs> they're running to the Dodo fountain. <laughs> Oh, no, it's the same fountain from earlier. <laughs> Everyone just shoot the BT. I know, right? Ninja star. I don't know what to do. That's like Ariel's ninja gear. <laughs> so, why did he throw away the gun if he's been using it as a club? It's because he's got a thing against seafood. Oh, I gotta say, I love, <laughs> I love Jinx's uh, sarcasm that... Oh, terrific. Such a cool lines. Awesome delivery. I this... think maybe she's saying that because she's been paired up with the only other woman in the sequence. Yeah. Just so stereotypical. Maybe that's a bit of an in-joke as well. And then you take Falcon <laughs> and Serpentor are screaming past behind him. You... Well, you know, you've got to have symmetry. 
But no one's getting to fight Galopolis at this point. It's like he's the boss. He's the boss. And I mean, and we're enjoying this all while, you know, having possibly suffering from epilepsy. I mean, I'm sure very many children <laughs> haven't seen the ending of this movie. God. <laughs> You're dark, man. Oh, I mean, if she were just blind Jinx, huh? then goes, Jinx would win right now. Wouldn't those, those, those acids drip onto Jinx's wrist? Yeah. I mean, that shot. Yeah. And we can, we've seen what that acid does to steal. Ooh, he just pulled the handbrake. Uh, he, oh, the clam's angry. <laughs> Feed the clam. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's the first time he's used it without making it erect first. <laughs> Which is pretty smart, since his aim is none too good. Rather let the snake take care of that. <laughs> Oof. Booby shot. Under boob. There's, there's still some dude in the background. Yes. There. He's watching Blind everything. time. Nah, he's a painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, here comes was a man. Ugh, it's nice. It ties it up nicely. I mean, it's it shows that Cobra Commander can have a story arc conclude even if he is a snake. Yeah. Uh, shotgun time. Laser shotgun. Ugh. It just doesn't look right. Oh, there we go. Jinx is using the... Yeah, yeah the C's. They never call it that in the cartoon. But no, they never do, but we know that that's what it is. But hang on, it's not correct to call it the Earth Seas anyway, because, you know, in the comic book, the Earth Seas is just, you know, a method to, to, uh, I don't know, pinpoint targets in the dark. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. It's not a fighting style based on being blind. No, I know, but it's, it's, it's what it's sort of alluding to. It's like, she's like the master of it. Oh, that is so cool. The quintessential wrestler. But anyway, he seems to be doing the, the, the trick. There we go. <laughs> it's like in Superman 2, just throw everyone down the chasm, that kills everybody. <laughs> oh, 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 We're about oh. to see the greatest liability of... Having a cape. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, unlucky. <laughs> Just fucking the animators must have just held the toy in their hands and said, well, I've got a pretty neat way of tying this up. <laughs> Figure has a cape, and this thing has a turbine. I must well, say, Serpento really does eat shit. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I mean, we can extrapolate exactly what happened there. He got dragged into the turbine, which chewed his head off. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> and then subsequently made the entire chariot blow up, <laughs> charring his body beyond recognition. We never mm. see him in the cartoon again. Oh, and he's getting uh, a hug. That's my version of what happened. No, no, Falcon, don't use your knife. Just, you know. Oh, oh, slap. I don't know if having a serpent tail is actually an advantage in this fight. <laughs> no, don't give up, Falcon. We're just going to stand and watch. That's a pretty scary line, that. Oh, yeah. Cracking your what neck vertebra by vertebra. And we can The extra- worm just came off that thing. So, I mean, <laughs> does that mean that the timer has stopped? 
and just got flung off. Oh. Grim, we actually see a little bit of globulous blood. Globulous yeah. goo. Yeah. So, okay, he's, he's super pissed, but what does he do? I'm going to win anyway. <laughs> so I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I'm just going to go away. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he's won. There's no reason for him to keep killing people. It's, I don't know, man. Maybe... I think they're trying to leave the door open there to have a new villain for the new TV series. Yes. Yeah, because this kind of feels like a setup for, like, a whole new, like, idea in Cobra. I Jeez. mean, in Jojo, the cartoon. And it went bad, eh? But we won't go there right now. Oh, what were the reasons for there not being a third season? This film wasn't very well received. Uh, um, primarily... So it lived and died by the fate of the film. Pretty much. I mean, this film... Um, went straight to rental, hey? Yeah. Um, it's because yeah, were... because because yeah, the Transformers film and the My Little Pony films do so well. Yeah, they tanked. Hmm. And out of the three, well, see, I don't think it's fair. Like, I think is the there Transformers any basis is... for this method of getting someone across the chasm in real life, or did the animators just <laughs> think hmm, it'll look kind of interesting? There's that guy again Sp- in the window. Spinning. That's a neat trick. <laughs> the strongman tactic. <laughs> yeah, that too. Bugs are like giant bugs a, taking swipes. There's at a giant Joe's. dung beetle. Just like obviously, those Joes haven't figured out the best way to defeat them is to club them with the back of the rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, all the citizens of Cobra logging oh, wiped there's out. Lady J, and then Falcon picking her up. I mean, Flint picking her up. Flint. Oh, another that, sweet sorry. moment between that couple. And another example of like, GI Joes are dicks. It just wiped out a civilization. Yeah, but yeah, at least they help their own. Yeah, just because of a few bad guys. Yeah, at least they help their own dudes. They, like, pick them up and they run. And, like, Cobra, who the dudes, in the, you know, behind. When that BET blew up, it really fucking blew up. Yeah. I mean, look at those bugs. <laughs> no one wanted to shoot it. Raid. <laughs> There's low light. Little low light cameo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dog made it. Oh, Duke's gonna be A-OK. Yo, Oof, Joe. The dog knows how to... Kind of... Cheer and sink. Well go. <laughs> I've got a tunnel for you to crawl into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so what? Now they're having a romantic moment watching the civilization burn. <laughs> yeah, charred. So the spores burn up in. Okay. <laughs> Surely they weren't that robust to begin with. How the hell they were gonna like spread through the to atmosphere the, and then to well. the surface? <laughs> it's anybody's guess. Cueing cool credits music. Dun dun. Jing. So that was GI Joe the film. No light is Charlie Adler. Okay, guys, having watched that, which would you say is the most successful feature film length G.I. Joe outing? Successful in, in what way? What, like successful. in representing Joe, in fun, or. Put differently, which one did you enjoy more, or enjoy the most? If I have to put it in, in order of enjoyment, it's this film, Retaliation, and then Rise of Cobra. 
I mean, is that a no-brainer? Is that all of our opinions? No, I, I I enjoy this film, but it's for me, it's not GI Joe. It's ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as Rise of Cobra was, because of all the weird sci-fi elements. Oh I think, for me personally, this film is more enjoyable simply because, to my mind, this is the most GI Joe that any film outing has ever been. Yeah. Well, it has some cool proper GI Joe sequences. I'd agree agree that there are moments in there that feel really GI Joe that. You know, that aren't involved in the whole Cobra Law, like, overarching story. And everyone is but, in their absolutely iconic look. Every Joe, save for Snake Eyes, I think, and Hawk, in fact, were in their sort of first incarnations. Totally animation. Yeah. Well represented. You see so many cool Joes. In yeah, the, I think... the classic look that we always remember them by. Mm-hmm. You know, classic G.I. Joe equipment as well. Everything's just so very iconic that it's such a thrill to watch this stuff animated. Yeah, it's, it's it, a lie. It makes any number of greatest sins instantly forgivable. So I can watch this and, and enjoy it, whereas I can't stomach the other stuff. I've watched it <laughs> several times out of morbid fascination, you know, I've watched the extended version of Retaliation. I've enjoyed some of that stuff, but it never really gave it the shine that made me think, hmm. G.I. Joe's land, this is the t- kind of story that I can you know, put stock in and really enjoy going forward. Uh, i got to agree with Stephen in that, in that regard, in that for me this is still the definitive G.I. Joe movie because of a lot of what Stephen said. It's got a lot of really great vehicle cameos. It's cool seeing some of your favorite characters all in the same place. Some great set pieces. Um, also, like You know, you get to see the villains as villains, not as sort of like clowns, which the TV series tends to do that, uh, do quite a bit. But it is more definitive. It's, it's definitely like, this is how I like G.I. Joe. And for the longest time, I only had this movie and about seven episodes of the Sambo series. And that was G.I. Joe for me for the longest time in its animated format. And I had a bit of the comics. And the comics I was reading were, or the comics I was into, the, or that we were getting then, was all the Snake Eyes with Cobra Commander and, the crazy sort of, you know, the 1990s stuff. So, you know, I didn't even get the best of that world. So for me, yeah, this will always be that definitive, it'll always have that edge, that definitive G.I. Joe edge. And I think Retaliation is a fun action movie that perhaps suffers from almost not being G.I. Joe enough, and Rise of Cobra seems to be too much of the wrong kind of G.I. Joe, like too much of Sigma-6, that veneer that Sigma-6 has. There's a purity about this film that is so appealing. It's, you know... This film... Again, it's G.I. Joe, quintessentially. It's like all the best stuff from the G.I. Joe kind of... Once again, Saturday morning cartoon concepts. Mm -hmm. And just throwing it all together in a big, long action romp. I agree. Yeah, it's the most fun of the three. And probably is the most Joe. Even though it is ridiculous to me... It is definitely the most joke. I'd be very interested to see a live-action adaptation of this film, to be honest. Uh, It'd be very interesting. Done properly, you know, you could pick up on all the threads that were neglected on this one. Yeah, you could you could actually have a lot more sort of um, character-building dialogue. Um, if you just focused on a, you know, a, a, a single protagonist like Falcon was, 
everyone else is kind of a supporting character to him. Uh, I think that's that level of focus is what we're missing in the G.I. Joe films. I don't buy the central protagonist. I mean, in the first film it's Duke, in the second film it's Roadblock, and between the two of them, you don't ever see any kind of arc that makes makes it an interesting watch. Roadblock is the same guy at the end of the film as he was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Duke, far worse. Seems like he started off... Dead anyway. <laughs> I'm, say- I'm saying in Rise of Cobra. Oh. You know, he, he never had a progression. He never kind of became the hero. It's like he always was the hero. Mm. Mm. He just didn't sign up. Yeah, also, I mean, I just wish we had all the classic looks in a live-action film that we have in this film. That is the biggest thrill for me, the biggest draw card. All the designs, all the elements are taken from the toy line. Yeah. Yeah, It might not make sense to filmmakers, but uh, I, as a rabid fanboy, I I don't see any harm in not acquiescing to fans necessarily, but uh, just being mindful of of what turns them on. Because... Mm. You know, if you're not making something that that they'll digest and enjoy, what are you making it for? You're supposed to make a buck. I think I think that one of the big solutions to that, well, an easy solution to that, would be you look at sideshows, GI Joes, and we got all these soldiers that are in military BDUs, but they all have something that's unique to them that makes it Falcon, makes it Stalker, makes it Hawk, without being comical and and stupid you know you can mm. believe hawk's jacket over his bdus you can believe it it's not completely bizarre and out of this world okay you can... so you're saying yeah they don't have to be dressed like real world soldiers like i mean they've can... accepted all along you know that they look like this is what joe's look like well that's the thing they, they can still have real world soldiers gear but they can have a lot more personality something akin to what we've seen in aliens where all the, the different characters have something very unique to their armor. Like, Basque has Adios, and Hicks has that, like, heart with the, the lock on, on his mm. armor, and things like that. Those little tweaks. And I just find that if you look at the new toy line, you look at Flint, you look at the Ultimate Flint, Ultimate Duke, Ultimate Roadblock, and they pretty much a head swap away from being a green shirt. You know, they're not... Mm. Hey man, kind of unique paint apps cost money, buddy. No, I get that, especially if you Falcon. But <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, it's just if you look at just the design. I mean, that's the design concept for the live action film characters. Didn't you mean Flint? Yeah, sorry, Flint. I keep saying Falcon. I'm sorry, listeners. But <laughs> but even in Rise of Cobra, I mean, they all went from having unique personalities in black suits. It's like everybody loses their their look. It's only the the villains that have that sort of signature kind of look to them. You know, and yeah, it's kind of like normal people accept as being military is that they're all dressed the same. Mm. And people can't, they don't think people will accept that so soldiers have their own personalities, but that's what G.I. Joe is. Everyone dresses in their own outfits. Yeah, it's an, it's an outrageous military fantasy. That's what it is. Mm. Speaking about the villains, though, I must say that this film crammed with all the goodness that it is crammed with, and the weirdness and the, the what the fuckness, uh, it managed to have more character through lines and sort of 
of developments than the live action. I yeah. mean, you had Cobra Commander having this kind of origin story. You had some focus being shifted onto him and him actually kind of having some kind of development from this coward who just wants all the power and to be able to shift the blame where he pleases to siding with the G.I. Joes, you know, uniting essentially to exact his revenge. That's something that we lacked in all the moments he was given in both Rise of Cobra and Retaliation. Yeah. There was never a moment where Cobra Commander had a shred of actual... Humanity. Yeah, huh. three-dimensionality. He was just playing the arch- archetypical supervillain, comic book villain to the hilt. Yeah, exactly that. And that's... Yeah, it makes him very one-dimensional. Mm. Which is sad. Anyway, so, you know, for me, this is Chiaja's finest hour. Well, at least a finest hour in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that said, if we are going to take all animation into consideration, I'd say Resolute, for my money, still yeah, the best. Mm. Resolute is fantastic. Love Resolute. I hate that there isn't more, but I love Resolute. <laughs> a shame. And um, some amazing character designs in Resolute. Um, It's got some amazing everything. In fact, I'd love to do this kind of podcast in a future episode where we watch Resolute. Because I have got it. I think I have it somewhere as one big file as well. Yeah, Yeah, I have it as a whole DVD. (laughs) (laughs) It was very difficult to get hold of, just putting that out there. So if some of us are watching pirated copies, as it were, unfortunately we feel our hand was forced. (laughs) <laughs> but I put that out there as a disclaimer. But of course we don't support piracy. No. Anyway, no, Resolute will save for another episode. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. And listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this little blast from the past. Little uh, group re-watching of G.I. Joe, the movie. I know we have. Yeah, this has been really fun. It's been an interactive episode. So you guys uh, love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what, if you guys agree with what some of the things that we say. If you think we're full mm. of shit, that's also cool. I actually don't mind, whatever. Yeah, and our next episode, we do promise to have lots of cool G.I. Joe book news for you. Uh, there's been lots of cool toys. Hopefully by the next episode, uh, the Wave 3.5 arrives. That's cool. We can go yeah, talk about um, some modifications done on certain toys. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting, actually. I'm looking forward to our next episode already. That's how exciting it's going to be. Me too. Also, just um, quickly, on a closing note, before we go, I really think that the extended cut of G.I. Joe Retaliation, it just saves the movie. It saves that abomination of a film. It makes it into something that I really, really enjoyed, and I'm really excited for um, as a Blu-ray release. We'll be, of course, we'll be receiving it a month after the American release, which was two days ago according to this podcast and yeah so I just want to put that out there I really love the extended cut of retaliation I think it's where it's at yo Joe <laughs> uh, drive it like you stole it G.I. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Book signing out until next time stay classy he's gone into a coma <laughs> 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 <laughs>